It flies, man. Especially when you're having fun. Guys, welcome to Church Stories Podcast. I'm Shama. And uh, two years, and I haven't updated my phone. I use the same phone, and I've got a screen protector on it, and it's cracked. So uh, that's 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 me. That's me. If you just wanted to know who I am, I'm a techie who uh, does have have old. I got old tech. PD. Um, my name is PD, and I actually got my phone fixed. I got the screen fixed. So wow. I don't work back anymore. Really? Yeah. It's just the complete opposite of each other, you and I. Yeah, but it took me a like a solid year. <laughs> <laughs> it, it had had cracks in it yeah. for a while. And guys, listen, listen. We're not gonna waste any more time. Y- y- y'all are here. NBA playoffs. Y'all are here for us, but y'all ain't. Y'all ain't. Guys, back on the show today. He was the drummer in the Bachman Brothers Band. And we, you know the Bachman Brothers Band because they've been on the show. Two of the three have been on the show before, back from season one and season two. Yeah. It's everyone's favorite uncle. Started in the basement, now we're here. He's the creator of the, 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 the powerhouse. He just put on his shades. I don't, what are you doing still listening <laughs> to this podcast? Don't listen to this podcast. You got to watch it right now. It's two cams, two cams, two cams. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. For Tim Bachman. With an intro like that, I had to put these on. You had to put the glasses on. (laughs) I feel like... I'm surprised you didn't have like a leather jacket just didn't appear on on, on top of your shirt just Well, I would say I had to kind of come strong like Joel Embiid or Ben Harris because I'm a Philly guy. I like the the NBA. (laughs) But Joel Embiid's representing walking up into Disney in a hazmat suit. (laughs) So I'm not doing that. I'm also just going to... I'm just going to take these off. Hey, Um, yeah. Put on, put on those real glasses, Uncle Tim. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, for, for this episode. Extremely this is, fragile. Yeah. With those very super thin lenses. Ooh. Poly, polycarbonate see-through. They're always stylish, Tim Bachman. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I wish I could be more like y'all. Seriously, I was going to do the T-shirt and yeah. like, cargo shorts in spite of how hideous my legs look for no sun for like five years <laughs> um but i thought you were gonna say the past couple of months you're like no no five no, years it was a half a decade it's, running it's been a while yeah. now um and here's the thing i'm just gonna jump right into this my two youngest daughters come up to me the other day and i'm trying to be like it, it's a, it's a big deal for me is people think i'm confident outside in, in a crowd or whatever and that's fine i guess but i'm very um introverted about a couple of things my legs they and my my feet and my legs they're not good <laughs> they're not and and um and then you have two younger children and you're gonna get this it's coming your way Sean. i'm yeah, telling you yeah they will be so your children will be so candid with you really? and they love you and they really feel like they're helping you. Yeah. Um, and in some ways they might be, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. Okay. So they walk at me and the youngest one, her name is Destiny. And I, I'm blessed to have four amazing daughters. And um, it's just a gift from God. I love being a dad to my babies. And the youngest Destiny is very transparent, just says what she thinks. Um, and uh, which means don't ever put her out in a public setting and ask her to to give you her opinion about yourself or you, you know, like, like watch out. Oh, it's right. like cutting She's bomb like wires. Anthony, You're like, which, which one? You know, yeah. Tony. Yeah. It's like how he was when he was, says a what he thinks. Says so, what he yeah. thinks. She looks at me and says, dad, you need to shave your legs. This is what just, <laughs> no, just out of nowhere. Unprovoked. Yeah, I said, why? She said, because they're too hairy. And I'm like, well, and what do you have is like, uh, what do you just, you know, weigh that up against you? Know, what is it that you compare my legs to? Oh, I've seen some men's legs. And I'm thinking like, what the heck? <laughs> 
It was very troubling, Paul David. It's your, it's that's, that's your cousin. Yeah. yeah. You know, you are my nephew. I am yeah. literally Uncle Tim because I am. Yeah. And and uh, and I mean, well, it's we'll just, get her some help. Yeah, I started to say I immediately picked up the one eight hundred. I got crazy kids hotline, and um, they came on over, and began to counsel with her at that point. Yeah. But yeah. for some reason, later that night, I found myself shaving my legs. I don't know. You why. gave in. It was very embarrassing. You're like, I've been, I've been insulted. Insult me once. Shame on me. Yeah. 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 But then, then they, they felt like that was you know, nice and smooth. This is getting really weird now. Okay, hey, so I'm just going to no, say. No, no, Hey. You, they call, this, this they call any hair on my face, they call it scruffles. Scruffles. Yeah. My, my two youngest daughters and my older daughters did that too, which maybe because I said that to all of them. Yeah. <laughs> so, so like, we're just saying what you said. Yeah. And so they, they don't like scruffles. And if I, instead of like, whipping my children or time out i hold them down just take about <laughs> three days beard growth and just rub it on the their face yeah That's, it works it really works so welcome um, back uncle tim hey man i'm glad to be back and i just went on a tangent just then hey I'm, I'm loving the digs thank you Thanks. i, I really am loving the digs i okay <laughs> <laughs> You were loving the digs until then. <laughs> yeah, I walked Thought in. We had you. I walked in on the back end, uh, the very closing segment or two of your of a previous guest. Yeah, who is like one of my faves of all time. In fact, that would be my favorite guest ever on your podcast. Ari, is so funny. Um, and so I just, out of respect, just did the greeting thing, and then I just wanted to listen to yeah. her because there's something about her that's not normal yeah. and i mean that and i'm not i don't want to go straight serious from the get-go like i can do sometimes before it's over um without any intention but that woman is gifted talented anointed of god if there's ever been a a person that i think fits the description of she can give or share or has inside of her the yeah. gift of laughter mm. um mm -hmm. as much as anybody and i've been to some of your shows you, I mean, you guys do a great job with these comedy nights that you've yeah. done in fact i'm upset that they're not happening I more know, often yeah, i know this whole uh covid 15 thing is really <laughs> i mean <laughs> not <laughs> no, this whole whatever it is it's really hurt the old comedy um action probably in, yeah. in here and in, in neighboring communities and other states even you guys you brought a lot of talent to our market of Greenville, South Carolina. Yeah. Can I say Greenville? Can I just stamp yeah, that? Yeah. But she, to me, um, among a there's a couple of three others, and and of course, you guys are at the top of the list. The two of you. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but I'm going to say that she was, she was my favorite man. Yeah. She yeah. was my it's favorite funny, to listen to. Like uh, Shama, or no? Shama asked Brandon Rainwater, right? Do you remember Brandon Rainwater? He uh, he headlined a couple of our shows. I, I did remember him. Yeah. I do remember him. Yeah, he suggested Ari, and then Shama was like, yeah, I'm thinking about booking this girl. And then I watched a video from where she was like a weekend to stand up, and then I was like, no, not not this person. Like, what? Yeah. Are you sure about this? Right. And then it's because she had been a weekend in that video yeah, she was that I watched. Too. And then, like, but, but, I mean, she, by the time we had her on our show, like, she had she been, been doing been it for a while, so she was really good, time, and yeah. I was just wrong, because I hadn't seen anything else, but it's right. been super, five days into stand-up. Like, we right. had, yeah. uh, what's his right. name, Dusty Slay on our, on our, one of our shows in downtown. Yeah. And, uh... That sounds like a wrestler's like, name. Dusty Slay. Because I know, I think about Dusty Rhodes, I think about the word yeah. Slay, something like, <laughs> yeah. Dusty... Going in, Dusty Slay. Yeah. 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 He's in the wrong profession. That's what we My bad. Yeah, but, but then he went on to like PD sent me a text. He's like, "Hey, Dusty's 
on the late night show. Yeah, doing Jimmy a set. Kimmel and all so kinds I'm like, what the heck? You Ari, gotta be kidding Ari me. Ari's yeah. the Food Network. She's on <clears> the <throat> worst she's on cooks worst, in America. Yeah. yeah. Isn't that Crazy. great, man? Yeah. Well, today, today, I'm just gonna tell you. I set um, before coming here. I, you know, this. I know there's uh, all the thing because you know I have a the, the b- background that you guys have in media and, and i understand that and embrace it having been involved in, in those areas myself off and on in my lifetime in between stints in prison but, uh, <laughs> no. when i was doing prison ministries what i mean what is that oh, 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 yeah. oh, okay. what in the world i didn't know yes. that about uncle tim yeah my goodness so but seriously um prison ministry <laughs> that's where you go in and don't stay no, but, um, but did you I, ever call anything the timistry <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not. My father probably, I love my dad so much, but he if he could have thought of that, he would have used that. Yeah. Yeah. I think my dad has used the word ministry more than any human being alive. <laughs> and I love my dad, man. He is, the, yeah. he, I honor him and bless him. I'm just telling the straight up truth. Yeah. Because I was told that if I didn't tell the truth on this show, that I'd, that'd be like repercussions. And I just want you guys to know I'm going to be honest. Yeah. But so back to what I was saying is <laughs> I was in a car with somebody um, who I, um, was at a church this is uh, we're actually tape you know whatever you call it recording this or it's airing live right now i don't know oh we're taping it we're taping yeah, it. yeah so this is happening on a sunday mm-hmm. and i have been to church and uh thus the attire yes and um very jealous of your wardrobe choices <laughs> right now you. and um and so i was in church um in an amazing church here in greenville and the drummer was a guy that um, he's one of the best drummers around, and um, his name's Aaron Lord, uh, just oh, yeah. tremendous musician. And he asked me, said, so where are you going now? What are you going to do this afternoon? We'd gone and gotten lunch, he and his family, and me and my daughters, and it's just a blessed time. And um, he said, where are you headed? And I told him. He said, oh, man. And he knows you enough to know you. And he said, you know, so say hi to Paul David and, yeah. and that kind of thing. And, um, and he said, and who else is there? And I explained. And when I said to him that you, the Chick Fil A song, yeah. he goes, all of a sudden he's like, oh, okay, good. what? Not that, yeah. So that little, that's a slice of fame, my friend. Wow. Yeah. And so yeah. I just went ahead and told him about the whole VeggieTales oh, so thing and all the other things that have been happening about how you're currently writing a musical for the president. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know what's happening right there. I got off. Track, it's called the Oval Office, guys. Yeah. And uh, no. <laughs> so don't don't you guys pretend like you don't know what it is no. to, to have some uh, you know acclaim. You guys, this whole thing was like first time I was even heard of what you were doing. You were like in a dungeon. (laughs) That was where I slept, Uncle Tim. What I meant was, what I meant. (laughs) Yeah. What What I I meant to say. I was telling Ari that this is the season three is we're trying to bring back a lot of past guests to give them the, this is the red carpet, non-AC treatment. Uh, We're like, hey guys, we have microphones and stands now and and cameras and lights. You can look good on our show now as opposed to. Yeah, this is spending just, time in, in PD's lair. Yeah, I don't, you know, I don't know <laughs> how many side jobs you guys have worked, or when you hit the mother load with the VeggieTales gig, or what yeah, happened. Yeah. I'm just saying um, that major props to you. This is like wow, Vegas, uh, you know, Vegas. This yeah. is kind of where it all happened. Um, I'm feeling it. I feel, <laughs> I feel like it's going to bring out my A game. Yeah. Well, hey, this Uncle Tim has a story that he just the preview of the story had me it's, laughing no. hysterically on the phone this is this has been pending for a long time yeah. pd told me about the story maybe like a year ago I'm like dude we gotta have uncle tim on he's gotta tell the story we gotta have uncle tim on he's gotta tell the story and uh here we are guys yeah. i don't know what the story do you want to set it up pd i just wanted to i think it. that you should just start 
Well, if you're talking about, and, and I know um, at the moment in which, in time in which, and we may mark this kind of time in all of our lives historically, and yeah. we joke about a lot of things. There's a lot of things that aren't funny that are happening right now. And I want to say I can tell this story, which is true, 100% true. <laughs> I, and I promise you, I, I've told my share of stories that I've embellished things just for the sake. And haven't we all? Yeah. Somewhat, yeah. you know, but there's sweetener. still, yeah, just sweeten it a little bit. And, um, and my dad, who's a lifetime minister, pastor, used to call it um, in, in church terms or minister title terms, speaking speaking evangelistically uh. not you know not evangelistically <laughs> you know just kind of stretch it on out there a little wow. bit say, that's you know, funny hey so that's you, really good you have to be careful son you yeah. don't stretch it too far the, you know and stuff but bachman the bachmans and puns <laughs> let me tell you something the the puns that i've heard out of out of people with the last name bachman in the greenville <laughs> up in the upstate area has been very impressive well i can know. i'm jealous i can tell this because of my mother and yeah. I can tell it, and we talk about this serious time we're in where there's a lot of unrest in, our, in the United States of America and mm. around the mm. world. There is something that, whether you believe it's um, cooked up, whether it was a, um, a scheme or a plan or, or a plot, whether you believe it's completely um, legitimate in every sense of the word. Yeah. Our nation is in a, a position that it's never been in in my lifetime. Mm. When I sat down recently and talked to my 84-year-old father, who I've referred to like 14 times already, and this is really weird. I, I didn't plan on doing Shouts that. Shouts out to Freddie but, B. Um, yes, sir. Who um, was a guest on the show. And uh, who, by the way, I was over by his house last night, and he was in his laundry room because that's where, for whatever reason, he has a flagship phone. He has a good phone. It was a flagship for LG yeah. a couple of years ago. But for some reason, his phone picks up the Wi-Fi in the house better in the laundry room. <laughs> wow! And he was out there doing a, uh, listening to the podcast from my brother Scott that oh, was really? on recently. Oh, that's oh yeah, and I could hear him, <laughs> you know, laughing. That laughed at you know yeah. your grandfather. Uh, that would be that Mr. would be Fred. your grandfather. Yeah. We call him Papa. But uh, we were talking. He said, "Son, I've never lived in anything like this. I'm 84." And he said, "The closest thing was the polio epidemic, which make, mm. that makes him seem really old that he lived through that." But he said, "And that was nothing really." truly like this and then he talked about a couple of other things they call plagues and different things i said yeah, no that yeah. was in the bible mm -hmm. but he did ha said that they had some plagues in his lifetime too <laughs> um but i just said dad um you know, you know we just need to stay alert and pray and, and and use wisdom and the other part is you know the racial unjust and in, in our nation uh, yeah. not unjust um unrest yeah and there's a lot of injustice there's a lot of um uh, uh, misunderstanding I believe as much as is uh, anything <clears throat> right. but at the same time I prefer not to speak about things I don't truly understand yeah. and I can try all day to talk about racial injustice when I, I don't have any experience with it myself mm. yeah. I, I've experienced in my lifetime the closest thing was some social economic um, uh, unfair uh, profiling if you will because yeah. um where we came from as a family when we were very young my parents never told us and you know, made us feel like we were poor but we were poor and but with god you're rich in all things we were never Amen. broke but we were poor 
like Bishop T.D. Jake says, I never knew that my spaghetti sauce was, was ketchup until I went to a restaurant and talked and tasted some bolognese sauce with yeah. meatballs, yeah. you know. Yeah. I was like, what is this in my spaghetti? And they said, that's sauce. He said, no, it isn't. And, you know. <laughs> but so I, I didn't know. Yeah. But my mother did the best of anybody in my life at teaching me to love people. Mm. So mm. prophetically, to use a controversial phrase, it was spoken over me more than once in my lifetime that I would minister to people of other races, not just the white or Caucasian race, and that I would be comfortable and at home with um, African-Americans specifically. And that's not something that's uncomfortable for me to ever look at, say, or talk about. And it all started with a super short story that sets up the story. And when I was a little kid, all of my friends at school in Alabama, I'd say as many were black as they were white. And our schools were probably 60% uh, 50-50 at best, maybe 60% black, 40% white. And I'm trying to get those numbers right because I wasn't very yeah. good in math. But um, <laughs> I think that comes out to 100%. Mm, yeah. So, um, I mean, they literally have, um, they had announced it underground, if you will, gang, like fights, racial race fights in the middle of a giant playground really? field. And, and they'd, they'd find like, forks and and crazy shanks and different tools these were like eighth and ninth graders fighting what and yeah and i and a lot of kids would stay home from school on those days and um again that was a long time ago but it was real and i don't even begin to pretend i knew what anything was like that my father experienced and so he would tell me stories of coming down from detroit michigan to marry and meet meet and marry my mother and couldn't understand how people treated people of color in the south because he was from mm. michigan and it wasn't like that mm. And he thought it was just a story, a fable, but he saw it with his own eyes. So my mother, raised in a very southern environment, somehow it was because of her heart. And you remember, Nana, she loved everybody. She didn't yeah. care whether you're rich or poor, black or white, green or yeah. purple, tall or short, overweight, underweight, had a perfect smile, or you looked like you were the poster child for you know um, some dental company trying to fix people. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm. She didn't give a rip, man. And she really meant that. And... I would bring kids home from school because I love friends and I talked a lot <laughs> and I would bring them home because yeah. my brother Scott never would. So it was okay. There was no, no need for no competition. Yeah. And there. that fits both of your personality yeah, types. So. Scott <laughs> couldn't wait to get home from school. I, I didn't want to, I, I love school because of the yeah. so, social activity part and I'd bring kids home and most of the time they were black. Yeah. In fact, very rarely that I bring, um, any of those uppity white folk home no <laughs> what in the world but I, I hardly ever did that so i brought home a couple of kids and one day um, we'd play ball together we'd play ba we'd play baseball or basketball and or throw the football one day my baseball glove went missing um i left it out in the front yard and back then you left things unlocked you didn't care you didn't mm. like freak out over locking everything down and our neighbor came over to my mom and dad's house, which is right beside the church that they pastored, knocked on the door. Sweet lady. She wasn't a bad human, but she had some things that were put in her from birth. She never saw anything else towards people of color. And she told mom, she said, I heard that, that Tim's glove is missing. And then my bike went missing, a bike. And then she heard about that, and she said, I can tell you who it was. Now, what she said was, I bet it was that black boy that he keeps bringing home from school. Mm -hmm. Mm. And my mom looked at her and said, I'm just going to say Jones, because even though nobody would ever figure out who she was, I'm gonna say, well, her name wasn't Jones. But she said, Miss Jones, I'm going to be very 
respectful to you because I, uh, my mom knew your mom and we knew your family and and I do respect you and, and honor you. And she said, but don't you ever um, say something like that? Because I was standing beside my mother and she wow. asked me to step back. And she said, don't you ever say something like that in front of my son? And wow. she said, and don't you ever accuse his friends of something based on their color? And she said, because when you cut them and cut me, we bleed the same. And she said, well, I can't believe, Joanne, you did that. And she said, well, you need to get used to it. And I need you to leave. And I need you to leave my house and go home. Mm. And then mom sat me down and had a talk that was pivotal to change my whole life. Yeah. And it was legit. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to put a disclaimer on what I'm about to tell, because I'm so at home. All through my life, I've always had extremely close friends of color, which means they were black because I didn't hang with a, a Latino crowd because I wasn't around that. Yeah. Um, it just was exposure. <clears throat> but people that I loved to worship with, most of them were black. And, and it was just a fit that was just, it felt right for me. And um, I remember getting, the closest I ever came to getting in a fight at school, it was over in about two seconds because I got hit and I was on the ground. With a kid named, I will say his name, because um, his name was Sadell Threat, and he was black. And my best friends in that particular gym class were black. And I loved basketball. I wanted to be good at it. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to play. <laughs> and those guys were just, they were, they were, we played ball together. Yeah. And Sadell Threat grabbed the ball from me and said, what you going to do about it? And he used a, basically what would be called a racial slur towards white people. And I said, I said, what? I said, just give it back. And he said, and he said something else. Next thing I know was I saw stars and heard my ears ringing and I was on the ground. And I get, I come to myself. He just punched me right in the face, basically, is what I was told. And, and um, I was on the ground, literally. He hit me in the temple and lost my, my equilibrium, my balance. And I came off the ground being helped up by somebody to see about three other of my friends that were all black beating the ever-loving dog out of him in the corner of the gym. Yeah, really. and, and then, yeah, we all got in trouble for fighting um, but that kid never, ever even, he would not even walk near me after that. I don't know wow. what they did or said wow. to him. So it, they, they, I'm just saying the relationship I have with people of color goes back to my childhood because of the impartial, pure heart of my mother. And my dad was the same way, but dad didn't have to apply that. He grew up thinking, what's wrong with you people? Yeah. So mm -hmm. my mother grew up seeing it and she said, I don't want none of it. So she taught us boys not to be that way. Um, so I could go on and tell other stories about other family members of, of ours that, um, that have relationships with black and white people together. And that's not bad or unusual or abnormal. Yeah. It is what it is. And it's a beautiful thing. So the story I'm about to tell, however, is <laughs> something that is not going to be bad, but it, I can't make this up. What happened on that Sunday morning? Uh, so I I, I, I want to let you get to that, but I was going to say that, you know, what now there's a big uh, fight for people, you know, trying to be woke and progressive and to right. speak life and right. and to hear you saying your mom, Miss Joanne, rest in peace. Yes. Was at the time. I mean, now they would say woke, but at the time, you know, just was doing the right thing. Right. And you went, hey, right. This is this is not how. Um, you're not going to speak. You're not going to instill, you know, you're not going to plant those seeds in my household and also just cultivated a, you know, the, the understanding of, hey, you know, 
we're all the same and we're going to treat people the same and, and, and biases, you know, bias don't, doesn't have a place here. And what was the story that, that is, she told me? I mean, me that's, that's phenomenal. Of her, like, bringing, like, buses of black kids into the church? Right. The, 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 the actual physical location of the first church they pastored, they were the associate pastors, and they, they, they pastor resigned or retired. They became the pastors. It was in a very bad part of town economically speaking, and white and black people lived in that part of a little town called Eufaula, Alabama. And so she, the Lord spoke to her about starting or helping to progress a bus ministry, which used to happen in churches a lot. They sent yeah. out buses to pick up people to come to church. And she felt like, why are we only sending it to the white people? So mm. she started busing in black kids to the church and a lot of the staunch old liners that were there just did not think it was a good idea and she basically was like well if they can't come then nobody should be able to come because jesus died for them like he died for the others no matter what the color of their skin so it went back even before then yeah. that was before wow. i was even born or when i was just a little bitty baby and to finish that earlier little snippet they did find the person that stole my bike and my glove and it was a and, and i don't judge him because he's white but it was a troubled white kid that lived about across a creek bed and a ditch way back behind where our church property was and one day a knock came on the door and it was a local police officer with that kid asking to speak to my mom and dad and if they wanted to press charges against him because they had enough with the bike and the glove which were returned by them yeah um and i we did proof of ID, that kind of thing. Kind of like going to a pawn shop and finding your stuff. <laughs> no, yeah. no, proof of ID. Yeah. What a <clears throat> anyway, that's not really fun. But I, it's, uh, and, and, and he said, you want to press charges? And, and my dad looked at mom and, and she said, you know, uh, honey, don't, don't do it. She said, don't. And, and dad said, well, how about this? How about if we just um, ask, have him come visit come to church for the next three, next three Sundays or something like that? And, of course, the kid was like, I'll do it, Pastor Bob. I'll do it, Preacher. I'll do it. So you, you know, press but charges, but the charge was go to church for three weeks. <laughs> Is that kind of how it came out, isn't it? Yeah. yeah that's <laughs> the, the, <laughs> this is the worst church in town. <laughs> and, uh, and if you met, you, wait, you talking back to me? Now you're, you're going to have to be there at Sunday school, too. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. We're going to call the police back. And we're going to lengthen this punishment. You, you, know? you know, I think the, the um, you, you touched on a very important subject. When people talk about, like, well, race, well, what can we do? Yeah. You know, and there's this big, big push for, well, what can you do right now? Or what are you doing right now? Yeah. Where I'm like, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a marathon. It is. You know, uh, it is a marathon of, 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 of reaching out to people and, and, and eating with people that you don't typically know, know or their, their culture, whatever. And, and, you know, I, I don't know, man. It's just, it's just, a, go, just forever, gotta... forever reaching out as opposed to now I've equated it to. When they're like, oh, white people, you need to do everything you can now. I'm like, well, you don't go to the gym and do everything in one day. And if you do, yeah. you hurt. You know what I mean? It, right. is, it is bad for you. It's, it's you know, I think the people who have been, who've had the foresight of, of hey, you know, I, you know, I think this church, my business, my, my family, we're not just going to hang out with people who look like us. Yes. You know, I think yeah. that that understanding uh, uh, spans and, and should last and should have existed a long time ago. And well, yeah, that. And I just I didn't know any of this was going to go this way, but I just thought of this so strongly and feel like I need to say this. My my parents, you remember not in Papa's place up on Little Texas Road 
and mm, you may yeah. have even been to that house before. I, I think I, I I knew you all after they had moved. And um, it was a popular place to bring, you know, for your my older daughters, Bethany and Brooke, um, to bring their friends back when they were in high school, middle school. They'd have sleepovers in this like guest house that the church my dad pastored had helped finish and facilitate and stock for people to come and stay for free when they needed a break when pastors were just about to lose it um over the stress of being a pastor or missionaries would come back to the u.s had nowhere to stay they Mm. could stay there at no charge and then when i got into broadcasting and television uh, sports tv shows um coaches would bring their families or recruiting people could stay there um um and it for free and it would be a gift and, and fly under that ncaa radar and that kind of mess seriously and it was yeah, a good thing wow. and um so um and they always left these huge amounts of cash under the sofa <laughs> no they did not <laughs> i just gotta be funny for and you're a like minute. wait um, wait a no, second so, what, what happened in the guest house so my three dogs my three dogs well yeah i have four but bethany and brooke said dad can we invite um, some of our guy friends over to Nan and Papa's and have dinner and just hang out and, and I said absolutely just ask Nan and Papa and they did so I was up there with them they invited three guys and all three of them were black all three of them were athletes at their high school that were very well known and very sought after as far as scholarships they were just and, and I got to know them through high school sports TV work and they were just stand-up kids that came from one of them came from a couple one of them saw his mother shot literally in the front yard of mm, his house man and, and that kind of a deal and and um and that didn't mean he had to because he was black if he was white he would have never seen that because we see tragedy in Gosh, every race man. man yeah and um no skin color. and so the exactly all i can tell you is that my dad that night did something that ranked right there with anything my mom ever did to teach me about not looking at race or skin color yeah and that when what, what this, the mistake was made, though, and this is not, this is going to sound so wrong, but here we go, is that my dad ordered Chinese <laughs> for these three young um, um, African-American young men from yeah. out in kind of the, the rural area of South Carolina. I'm not going to say what high school my girls yeah. went to, those who know, because I don't want to brand anything. Yeah. And, and they were just picking at their food, and finally I just pulled one of them out, because they always, Mr. Bach, when they were so polite, said, I was like, hey, you know, I called him by name and I said, is everything all right? He said, yeah, man, we just don't, we don't eat that much. He said, because, I said, why not? He said, because we always heard they put, they they cook that stuff with <laughs> cats and dogs is what he said. And I wow. said, no, no, yeah. no, 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 no. Uh-huh. He said, no, man, it's for real. I know it's true. I, I, I believe it. And I said, you know what, then don't worry about that. And, and we got a pizza in there or something like that. And that was just more Chinese food for me, Paul David. Yeah. yeah. Hey, so I you were like, you're like secretly like, Oh, I mean, well, we could get away. They start to leave and they're all in one car. And one of the young men backed his car into a little bit of a ditch there at my parents' place. And it got stuck bad enough to where we couldn't get it out. Oh. So my father and mother said, yeah, two choices my dad just stepped up and said two choices young man and i thought i'll be honest with you i thought oh here here we go i didn't know what <laughs> papa was gonna do you know because he could be a little old school that way he's a progressive yeah. man but he could be i was like oh my goodness what's he gonna do and, and i'm just holding my breath honestly and my dad said you can you can spend the night as our guest at the guest house we'll get fresh towels up there make sure the sheets are clean and um you guys can stay we'll cook you a good breakfast in the morning promise you it won't be chinese if i had a laugh he said all right he pulled out the keys to his Mazda truck that he enjoyed driving a lot, and it was a nice, small Mazda extended cab truck, and he threw them 
at the, to the guy who, really? who had backed the car in and said, or you can take my truck home and, and you can bring it back tomorrow when you come to get and sort all this out. Don't, don't stress over this. The car's going to be here. We won't let nothing happen to it. And you, that'll give you time to figure out what's best. Wow. Wow. And they drove my dad's truck, wrecked it, like, Shot yeah, almost uh, totaled it uh, about two mile, about a mile and a half from the house. No, in a curve there on Little Texas, we right before you get to Row yeah. Road, that little cut yeah. through. There's there, always it was like, very windy. Yes. If you remember driving me and home? They had just put yeah. down some fresh gravel, and they hit that gravel and panicked when they hit the brakes. And mm. Dad had these um, eight power brakes, which were hideous in the way. And they just, bam, and they just locked it down. And and um, the guys at the body shop, who I knew personally, said that. It was this close to being total. They were able to salvage it on a, on a rack or something, sounded like medieval, but they put it on the rack. They put it on yeah. the rack. And the truck began to scream. You know, Jethro, just put the vehicle on the rack. Yeah. Lift and, it. And the truck just spilled everything right, yeah. within about five minutes. And, and everything wow. got fixed, but my dad just laughed at that. And really? I, I, yeah, <laughs> wow. yeah. And yeah. he said, you know what, what are you doing? And the folks came and, and helped next day that the young man um, had been adopted by when his mother was killed. And they got the car. They started giving him a hard time. Dad said, don't, don't say that. He, he didn't do anything. He, did, he didn't know. I should have told him that was a tight little squeeze right there when he backed his car out. And, and they said, we're so sorry. He said, hey, it's a truck. He said, I'm glad they're not hurt. They weren't yeah. hurt. He mm. said, the truck could be fixed. You can't get a leg back right. or an arm back. And, and, and um, I don't know, I just, I'm thankful for my heritage and seeing it lived out, not just being told about yeah. it. And, and, and that's my story and I'm sticking to it on that. Hey, wow, I mean, awesome. absolutely. Yeah. There's a, um, I want my kids to see that in me. Right. I want them to see that and more out of my life. And I, and I, I believe that that speaks more than any book that you can read, you know, on, race relations or a movie that you could watch or a documentary i think yep. just just seeing it at home uh you know from people that you know and trust and love um and the ugly side know. of it is and please pastors that are friends of mine maybe that i was a pastor myself at, at, a, at a long period of time in my life and i just didn't make enough money no that's not the reason <laughs> <laughs> but i i love the church and i love the ministry yeah. so much and but there are pastors that i saw as a very young man that did not, that would not, that never did throw the keys or, and that would yeah. say things that were not nice. And I always knew that was wrong without even being told it was wrong. Yeah. Because anything that would make a child's spirit or heart just feel, just feel like something just reached in me and just twisted it a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's that. That's not God. Normally, mm. it's not. I, I'm not saying I'm. I'm always right about that. You can get off on some tangents. I get it, but I remember saying that's not right. And I would even talk to my dad and mom about it, and they'd just respectfully say, "We don't agree with that, and don't ever be like, don't do that." But yeah. we're gonna, you know, that's that. We're gonna take our mouth off that person too. Um, but there is coming a time, I believe, for all of us where we're gonna have to stand, and some of us already have to and state things that we believe when it comes to race, when it comes to um, not just race, but just people, period. And I am dare to say that I think it's gonna come about believers in, in Christ, yeah. that we're gonna have to stand and say, this is what I align with, and it may not be accepted and, and, and the one that everybody says should be the right 
one to align with. But God, God takes care of his own mm. and God will take care of us. And, and I know for a fact that a lot of my friends that I saw things done to, um, some of them are in the ministry today, got flourishing. Um, I'm talking about black friends yeah. and people that were in my family's life because God stood by them and took care of them in spite of things that were done that were not just. And that's the way he is. Yeah. So, so now we're going to talk about a crazy hey, story. Hey, yeah, yeah. Let's, <laughs> let's do it. That's, that's the appetizer, guys. Mm. So here was, <laughs> this was a Sunday in Atlanta, Georgia. And I'm going to, I have a good friend because I, I tried to call him twice uh, before coming over and just make sure I had permission to use his name. And I'd never got him. So I, I'm, I'm funny about that. Dox him. Just say so, his name anyway. <laughs> so, so, so um, he um, was somebody that worked, I worked for at um, a major university in Atlanta. And we produced all kinds of things. And um, he would hire a company that I ran then that would crew sporting events for um, the Atlantic Coast Conference and for the NCAA. And we had, we had I think at that particular week, I was also working for the Atlanta Braves then too. So I would put a crew chief here and a person there. And then I was just a sole proprietor with the Braves, just one guy doing one thing. Yeah. And so, you know how we call it, like double dipping. I could, I could be making money three different places on one day every now and then. That wasn't very often, but every now and then that was a wonderful day. And, <laughs> but we were tired. I had a homestand with the Braves. Um, he had had multiple events on campus there in Atlanta. And I, with him, I was exhausted, and I know what it was. We had an editing project that we did on the side um, using an edit bay there in Atlanta that we had stayed up all night working on for a, 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 a company here in Greenville. He was my number one go-to guy for editing projects. And we both are believers, and this really came out of this one thing. We started making some mistakes in, in an edit, and I just said, you know what, I'm, I'm spent. And he said, I'm exhausted too. And when you're, you, you guys have done this kind of thing. Yeah. You grab that couch and get 10 minutes sleep before you have to hop up and do another voiceover or do another edit or approve an edit that your associate did or double check somebody's spelling yes. on, on, on a lower third. Oh and when you spell Eleanor Roosevelt wrong, you're in trouble. <laughs> you can't let that kind of, and when we realized we were making those kind of mistakes, it was literally, um, a tribute thing and, and Eleanor Roosevelt was mentioned in it. We had to put her name on a lower third and he misspelled it and I let it get past me and we sent it digitally to their people and he <clears> sent back and he said, I love everything I'm seeing so far, but you can't excuse stupidity. And and this is for an institution of higher learning here in the upstate. And I was like, excuse me, <laughs> pardon me. And he said, um, spelling the first lady of the United States Eleanor Roosevelt he said you spell Eleanor and he spelled it all out with caps and I was like I am so sorry and you know that that just makes you look dumb when you <laughs> me spell and so we realized yeah. then we're not we're not at our best and then he either looked at me or I him I don't want to take the credit and say it was me to be super spiritual but one of us said one of us said to the other man I am dry as a dog and I knew what he meant if he said it and he knew what I meant we meant spiritually yeah and he said, yep. And I said, I think that's the problem. And he said, well, whoever said it, the other person said, I agree. And I said, we got enough people. We got competent people that are better than, than we are in some of these areas that work for us. Let's just leave and not, let's get this first game going and go to church. 
it was the NCAA tournament, I believe it was in baseball um, that day. And we knew we were going to be burning it all day again. And they said, let's go get refreshed. Literally, that sounds like churchy or cheesy, but I said, I need a refreshing, man. I feel like I'm in a desert spiritually. And when you're that way, you know, Satan's trick is to make you make a mistake on a big project that costs you thousands, if not tens of thousands of dollars mm. with a client. Mm -hmm. And you may say, oh, man, I made a mistake. No, it, listen, it all goes back to who you are. And if you are a son or a daughter of, of, of God, then he puts the creativity in you because he is creativity. Yeah. So I looked at him and said, let's go to church. He said, let's do it. And so we went and told the head guys in our crew in the truck that we were going to do that. They were like, oh, man, that's good. They're just glad to see us leave anyway because they could play around some more and get the job done. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we left. And we, went, we thought we had found a church right by the school. And we went there, and they didn't have an early service. And they were closed up tight. And I was like, man, there's no church? And we realized the timing was off. So we just got in the car, began to drive around, and we wound around through areas of downtown Atlanta, and we found a church. Now, the other thing I'm going to say is I kept a bulletin from that church, and in knowing I was going to be here, and I didn't confirm with you until <laughs> today what the topic was really going to be. Because mm. when you sent me a text about maybe coming back on the famed podcast, hey. <laughs> no, this is like, this is big for me. I'm, I'm thankful. Yeah. And you guys are doing a great thing. Thank you. And you didn't tell me then. I had an idea, but we hadn't talked about this in forever. <laughs> and so I called, when I talked to you, I said, is it going to be? And you said, well, yes. And I was like, okay, all right. And, and I could not find the bulletin, which means if I struggle, and I don't mean to speak negatively over myself, I'm big on that, words carry power, I can struggle with names. Mm -hmm. And I know it wasn't Ebenezer Baptist, the most famous Baptist church in the city of Atlanta ever, historically speaking, when it came yeah. to black. But I think it was New Elizabeth Baptist Church. I could be wrong, uh, but I, please, just can we scratch that, yeah. please? Is this hey. mic on? No. But it was, it was a, we, we found this church. People were still going in it. What time was this? Um, it was around 10 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday morning. Yeah. We found out they had an early Sunday school and they had a, like a 10 o'clock service. And then they had an afternoon. They took a little bit of a break and had an afternoon service, I, I believe. I think we had some food there. and they had, a, But it wasn't a small structure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we just parked. And he looked at me and said, I said, now this is a black church. Because I knew I was good. Yeah. But I didn't, I, he was like my boy and everything. But I, I knew his background was a little different than mine in his walk with the Lord. And he said oh man no i'm i'm good he said let's go and as we began to walk across this large parking lot this is when it began to happen i, I realized that there were no white people going in the building but i said do you notice something i noticed he said we're the only he said whiteies he said we're the only whiteies on the property I said, yep or he might have said crackers literally and see um i'm not offended by that term cracker again the legs yeah, yeah. I that earlier. so yeah. um so anyway I said, I'm fine with that. Or you said, oh, yeah, I'm fine with it. And I said, we get in there, and the church was so full, we had to go to the balcony. And and don't you know, every church should have that problem. Amen. I mean, I'm serious, <laughs> Amen. Man. So yeah. I'm up in the balcony with him, and they began to minister. The choir was singing. This, this I would estimate, and I still don't know how many, but I would estimate 1,500 people in the building. Wow. So it wasn't tiny. It wasn't like going to a small 200, 250 people is great. 500 is great, but it mm. shifts. And we're not talking about like mega church, but we're talking about 1,500 people. It's, that's a crowd. Yeah. And we, I looked around everywhere. I even walked down to the edge of the balcony 
down a row with people sitting and leaned over, we were the only <laughs> two people that weren't of color and either dark Latinos or black people, African-American, black. And, and again, you know, I, I think either, either way to call that is fine. Some of my friends prefer to be called black, some African-American. I would ask them and I would respect whatever they said. Yeah. And so the, we were the only people that weren't of some color other than white. White's a color. Yeah. <laughs> so we're, the, we're the white color in the building. And he, he, he looked at me and said, this is awesome. Like that. And I'm thinking like, uh, I mean, it is to me. But what reason do you mean that? He said, I don't know, man. I just feel something different. And that's when I knew he had never really been. I'd been in a black church. Yeah. And, and uh, my dad always told me as, a, as an evangelist his whole life or a pastor or a missionary, the, most, the, the easiest place to preach is in a black church that really loves the Lord. Mm. He said they will pull the word of God out of you because they are with you because that's how much they agree with God's wow. word. Yeah. And again, my dad, white man to the core, um, who said that about the African-American um, brethren that he knew. So I just said, well, it's going to get good now. And I said, I don't know if it's full-blown AME. I said, <laughs> or if it's just like, a, I, don't, I didn't look at the sign. I didn't. So we get in there and all of a sudden the anointing of the Holy Spirit began to function in a way that it was tangible. The choir began to sing and they had to sway. They were perfectly moving in perfect synchronization, singing just beautiful songs. Wow. And I looked over at him. Here's a guy that I've known for a long time and we've prayed together. We've cried together over things that he went through in his life and that I'd gone through in my life. We were brothers in battle and, and, um, and been in a lot of professional tough spots and come through mainly because of his, his gifts. He's very talented. And he is standing beside me. And I, I can't really tell this part of the story without getting touched even today. And it's not fake. And I'm going to fight it because I don't want it to come across as anything manipulated and not genuine. But my best friend on the planet, and if you were to ask me today, um, he and the guy that I was having lunch with today, those are my two closest friends on the earth. I love them like blood brothers. And you know how much I love your dad and my brother, Drew. Mm. I love these guys the same way. His hands were up in the air and tears were coming down his face, just crying. Not like a little bit of a, I'm the Indian who's had trash kicked on me tear. I mean, that, that's yeah. serious stuff, too, when we trashed America. I get it. I'm not making fun of the Native Americans. Yeah. Lord, help me, please. I apologize. <laughs> Should I? I don't know. But this, it, was, it was like he was crying, crying. And mm. I'd really never seen him do that in a spiritual setting and and you didn't have to tell me twice to cry because i get i get tender quick in god's presence it's just me it's one of my languages of worship and i just lifted my hands and said lord thank you i just i began to say just fill him pour out over him lord and i began just then the lord said he lord said to me what about you he said i got him he said i he said i'm looking for you and I realized, Shama, at that moment, how dry my life had become chasing professional um, praise and people pleasing in the media realm in Atlanta, which I could never do enough to get where I wanted to go anyway. God did more for me. Look what God has done for you. Yeah. And has uh, he not done more for you than you could ever do by trying to impress people that I, you thought could take amen. you somewhere? I, truly. And, and I truly. know that's true for me at that moment. I just, I just didn't care. I loved him and I still love him, but I, it was just me and Jesus. And I began to cry. And so we finally sat down. And we were both just like, whoo, this is unreal. This is amazing like that. And, and um, all of a sudden they took an offering. 
And I am going to say this about my brother in, in the black church. They took about three or four of them that day. <laughs> it's for real. Yeah, it was the building fund. Well, There's the, there was the building. The, the, there was the, the pastors. The sisters in the faith fund. There was, and this was for a young man going on a missions trip, and they wanted to send him debt-free. Wonderful cause. Yeah. I'm all for it. But can we not just have a, a bake sale? <laughs> no. Let them wash some cars yeah. or yeah. something, yeah. y'all. Come on, a spaghetti let's, supper. Let's let's have a, let's have them grill some hot dogs. Twenty next cents to, the, to give you an extra next piece to of the road. <laughs> some chili is a dollar yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, hey, yeah. That's um, how they get you. Shredded cheese, at QT. Did I say QT? We don't sponsor by them, but they're fine red shirt people. But at the end of the day, I said, "You want to give?" He said, "Oh man." He said, he said, I'm going to empty. Like he said, I'm going to empty my pockets. And I still, I don't know. I don't remember him carrying a lot of cash. I knew those kind of things about him then. And I didn't carry a lot, but I had some. And we went down. And offering at that church, they didn't pass the plate. You had to come down and walk. Yeah. They stood in the front. And it was the white outfits, white shirt, white jacket, white bow tie men with white gloves, white pants, white shoes. And the ladies were in white. They were the ushers. And, and at least that's what I thought they were. It may have been something else, just serving in that capacity. And they were all in one section, and they got up in, like, perfect uh, alignment and lined, got everything lined up, got the, and here we go down. And they dismissed the balcony first. That's kind of important. <laughs> so they have us come down, and we're like, and he's like, oh, we're done. Man, this is, this is just the best. I'm so glad we did this. This is the best day ever. And I'm thinking, like, yes, but I said, Calm down, man. Like that, I literally was saying, relax. I said, you don't want them to see us like going like a couple of like people who's never been to church or yeah, something. Yeah. You know? and he was <laughs> like, I don't care, man. I'm just so. He was just overjoyed with the Lord had really touched his life and mine. So it was like a refreshing in a desert season. So what do you do? You get excited. So who shouldn't get excited? The Bible says to enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise if he's done something for you then why should you be quiet about right. it yeah and so that kind of plays into what happened next we're walking up i put in the offering we're walking past the front i would guesstimate if i remember correctly the the usher i put money in with was as you got towards the front you begin to break off and go to an usher and i chose the very um tall young man an older gentleman i i remember seeing him he stood out to me and i went to him and as, I, and as I started to go past, there was a guy with a microphone on a stand, just like a straight stand. None of this fancy stuff y'all got up in here. Yeah, yeah. But just a straight <laughs> stick stand like an SM57 with a windscreen on it, like a, yeah. an older Sure mic. Mm. And like a red Bose of the Clown, clown nose windscreen. <laughs> and he's in all white. And he's standing with his arms crossed. And I get almost to where you turn to go up the out, had center section, aisle section aisle section so it was two rows three sections of seats the middle were the really wide ones and then the further back they got the wider the pews got you've all seen that well as i go to turn to go up the aisle that man i felt somebody grab my arm and they and he in the white glove was on my arm <laughs> and um and he said can, he said excuse me i need to speak with you and he looked at he looked at my friend whose name i almost just said and said sir could you have a seat on the front row and and so he did and as i turned back and look at him he literally is going like <laughs> and i'm looking like, like no not that i mean i'm really at this point was like what in the world what did you what did you think was going to happen um at that moment i really thought that they were going to quiz me as to why we were there like what's your game you know what's your what, what's the reason you're here and, I, and yeah. I apologize for thinking that 
you know, really if that's wrong, but I didn't know. I thought maybe they misunderstood because we were put, we were more expressive up in the balcony than anybody up there, and they might have thought we were just acting the fool or making yeah. fun. But it was all genuine. We weren't jumping around screaming, but it was we were just broken before God, and I didn't know what the deal was. And as soon as he got me to a certain point, he leaned into my ear and said, the bishop would like to speak to you. And I said, excuse me? <laughs> I said, pardon me? He said, the mm. bishop. And I look up, he pointed to the platform, and they had those big, if you've ever been to a church. A holy man chairs. Yes, it was mad. <laughs> he was in the one in the middle, and it was like a throne. But it, he had no pretension about him. Yeah. He's just a sweet, and he was, it was his anniversary Sunday. So one of the offerings was his anniversary offering. He had been there at the church for, and, and he's no longer the pastor there. He couldn't be. There's no way unless he's like Methuselah's cousin or something. <laughs> He'd be that old. And because and, he looked very old then, but in his right mind. And he looked at me and just, it was almost like a mafia thing where you say, the boss would like to speak to you. You look over at the boss and the boss is like, was this while, but, while offering is still being, being taken up? Yeah, because remember the balcony. I said, that's key. Yeah. We came down first. So okay. they're just now starting to release the people on the floor. Yeah. It's going to be a while. Yeah. Now, not everybody gave How many? How many people do you think were in the church? About 1,500 people. Yeah, wow. But I would say probably only about half of that participated in that offering. But still, that's a lot of people. Yeah. And so he said, can I ask you a question? The bishop wants to know where you're from. And I said, I'm from Greenville, South Carolina. He said, then what brings you to our city and to our church? And I said, I am here doing sports television work with the Atlantic Coast Conference and the NCAA. We would do the, um, the sat feed footage of all the NCAA baseball regionals and super regionals. And this particular school made it to the regional and super regionals like clockwork. And so we would be hired to do what's called cut-ups. And we'd run them to the sat feed of one of the big networks there in Atlanta. They would dump it in send it up to the bird in the old terminology send it to the satellite and then everybody like channel four channel seven i'd get home and see our footage locally being shown wow. if any of the local teams were in that tournament you know what i mean mm -hmm. um or i'd tell my parents you know run the vc hit the vcr <laughs> whatever it was dvd record hit it record so, it yeah yeah, yeah and get on it That's and so awesome. um all of a sudden he said i told him that and i said and that is the director of television and video production at said university and i when i said that he said oh lord jesus like that and i thought oh no but he was just touched by the fact i i and i don't mean this i'm just i'm just being honest with you right now i'm just being transparent so everything i've said today on this podcast is from my heart this is i really do believe and i've told this before to my father and other people that that gentleman at that moment thought this guy is is worth some bank and he's from here and he said why is he here i said because we both were dry and thirsty spiritually and we were hungry and we drove around and god let us here and i believed that and he said does he have a home church in atlanta and i said no sir i knew he didn't because back then he was driving back and forth to a hometown in south carolina his family hadn't moved to atlanta yet mm -hmm. and so I didn't elaborate and tell him all of that. I just answered the yes and no black and white questions. And he was like, oh, thank you, Lord. And, and, and they might have just, he might have just, him, not the church leadership, not the bishop, but him. But I'm telling you, that was the first thing I was like, uh-oh. Because he, he said, oh, Lord, thank you, Jesus, like that. And I was like, 
Yes, I said something like, yes, he's a great guy or something like that. <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to say. Yeah. And he said, but what about you? And I said, well, my dad is a, I just said, and this is the one part. I said, my dad is a bishop. And the only reason I said that is because in the black church, a lot of times they'll call a bishop what a white church would call a pastor. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or a father or a shepherd. And actually, my dad reached a title of an apostle because of the apostolic gifting and anointing that was on his life. And if people listening to this think that's crazy, I, I, I don't apologize. You know, it's in the Bible. So, yeah. But I, I knew if I said apostle, I didn't know how that church would take the word apostle. Yeah. So I just went safe and said bishop. And, he, and then I got the second, glory to Lord Jesus, like that. And grabbing, he would grab my arm with the white glove. And I'm thinking, like, you, you really need to stop doing that. And, and he said, I'll be right back. He said, just, just have a seat in the front row. And he walked me back over and sat like I was royalty, went up to the, to the bishop. He was whispering in his ear, and the bishop was just, I could see him just, mm, just shaking his head, like, back and forth, like that. And, and then nodding his head, and then that guy... He, just he whispered back to the young man the man he came back down and he said to me the bishop would like for you to come up on the platform and sit by him and i said for what i said i said i, th- I think i just said why and he oh shoot he leans over and, <laughs> dang it we can believe it we can believe it out if you want yeah, yeah. he leaned over and said do it man this is gonna be awesome and I said, "Stop it!" Like that. We're just having. I said, I mean, yeah. "Were you even like like Sunday dressed? Like what were you?" Um, it's like a button down. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. No, and you know that in that kind of black church, everybody was dressed. Oh yeah, to, to the nines. To the nines. The ladies had on the the, the Easter looking clothes with the hats and yeah. and and even the younger kids, like the younger boys that would be at school the next day in t-shirt jeans and Chuck Taylors or in, in Jordans, they were in like dress shoes that hurt their feet because they were too small, but they had to wear them in like suits that their mother made them wear with a vest and a tie, yeah. a clip-on tie, but it was <laughs> yeah. a tie. Yeah, you know, and the guys that had money, they dressed. Like they got out of a, you know, a, a Bentley or something, and they came in there with like a hat and the whole nine with a cane. Some of them, the older <laughs> men, would have the canes. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was that flavor. Yeah. And so, um, I said, "Why?" He said, "Because he wants you to speak to the people, and tell them what you told me." And I said, "I was like, what did I tell you?" <laughs> yeah. And he was like, "That you are that your father is a bishop, and that you that the Lord touched your life today." And I said, and at that moment, it just hit me. Oh, okay. That's all this is about. They just want me to, like, to give a testimony. And I've never been a shy in front of an audience or in front of people. And, and I just said, I'll be happy to. And it just, a calm came over me and almost like an anticipation and excitement. And so I just, he walked me up there. The offering's still going. I'd say it's almost about 20% of the people left to give. We're still in line. And they were singing and swaying and the organ going. They had a drummer and a bass player. And I, and a guitar player doing like a, you know, in the black church, the guitar is more like a ding, 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 like that. Instead of like, more like a BB King type thing almost sometimes. Ding, ding, yay. You know, it's just going. And I was loving that. I was getting. That's not even the real song. That's the idol. That's the in between is the jam session. Right. And, and, and they're just breaking that down a little bit before they went back into a verse or a chorus or, you know, that wasn't even a bridge. Yeah. Like said. And so all of a sudden, um, I'm sitting in a chair beside him. He looked over and said, "Young man, I was." I, he said, "He said uh, the 
deacon, he called him deacon, deacon so-and-so told me what you shared with him. He said, can you share that with, with the people? I said, I said, first of all, I'm honored to be here with you today, Bishop. And I meant that, and I said, I understand this is your anniversary Sunday. And I said, what a legacy. I saw how many years you've been here. And yeah. I said, what a legacy. And I said, and what an honor it is to be with you today. And he said, thank you, son. He said, that means a lot. He said, I don't know how many more of these years I've got left. He said, this might be my last anniversary Sunday here. Um, either I'll go on to my heavenly reward or I'll take some of my reward here on earth. You know what I mean? And I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. My father is near retirement as well. He said, tell me about him. And I just told him a little bit about my dad. And next thing I know, it's wrapping up. And he said, well, I want you to speak to the people. He said, just, I said, and say what? What would you, I said, I want to, I don't want to say anything. He said, just say what's on your heart. And so they, he got up, uh, excuse me, they got up and did one more song. It's a song, a real song. And during that song, it just began to come again, a wave of his presence. And I was just, I couldn't wait at that point. I was so excited to get the mic. If you, that sounds so terrible. Yeah. And he got up and introduced me. He said, this is a, he said, Timothy Bach. He, I think he might have called me Batchman or something like that. And they never get the last name right. Yeah. And nobody does. Red and yellow, black or white. You yeah. had that happen. <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. And he didn't say my last name correct, but I didn't care. And he said, he said, um, he asked me if I'd ever been in the ministry. And I said, yes. Yeah. So he called me um, Reverend Timothy something. And um and I, I appreciated that, and I still had credentials then, could marry and bury people in South Carolina and other places if I had permission. And, and so he said, he's going to come and share with you. They are a guest. He is also with, he, and he, he embellished that. I don't know that he knew what to say, but he made that person who was with me's title even bigger than it was. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he said, let's make him welcome. And I just stepped up, and the, I, I don't know what made me do this but the first thing i said was i said something like because i i said something like i just went total i went black church and, and i just said <laughs> i said um i want to give all praise and glory to our lord and savior jesus christ who was and is and is to come and lives forevermore like that and the whole place is went i mean like it's like the whole church is broke loose yeah yeah <laughs> and i said and i was glad when they said unto me i do remember saying these lines let us go into the house of the Lord. He said, because, I said, because today I was dry. I was thirsty. And I just, and I remember telling my dad, I now know what you mean. They, I didn't, I could have gone on for an hour, Shama. Because everything and they I, do. Yeah, yeah and, and they and, do. And everything I said, they just began, they'd get up and just shout and maybe do a little dance in the aisle or just or wave that funeral home fan. Because I don't yeah. care how cold the air was. <laughs> Got to have a funeral home the fan. The older ladies. Yeah. It was just the older ladies <laughs> and the ones that were a little heavyset. They were overweight. Was that a heavyset? I don't know what that means. Yeah. Um, and just fan and fan and fan. And they'd get up and just wave those fans. And, 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 and um, I, it was like I realized then that I was just getting caught up in it a little bit. But it was I, I, I don't apologize for that. Because it was, it was euphoric for me spiritually even. And these were people that I knew embraced. Now we're getting back to where we started. They embraced me whether I was white or black. Mm. They, they accepted me because of my heart. And my heart said, I've been working in this business called video and television production for several days in a row. I realized that I was dry and that without his fresh anointing, I wasn't going to do any work worth having. So we decided to find a church. We went to one that we thought was the one, and, and it wasn't, their, their services 
started later in the day and we couldn't wait that long. We're going to leave here and go back to a location and, and join some co-workers and, and make some TV, if you will. And, and I said, but we ain't leaving yet. And I said, we came to receive from God. And let me say that whether I'm from South Carolina or I'm the only, we're the only white people in this building, you made us family. Mm. And, and I said, and I have, will never forget this as long as I live. Wow. And, and, um, People I, are I, doing laps. Yeah, and they're time. just like shouting and screaming. And, 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 but under control, it wasn't like total mm. bedlam. And, and it wasn't fake. It was, a, they, were, they were so, I don't know. And yeah, there are some people, I'm sure, sitting there with arms folded, looking at me like, well, you don't have a right to be up here. Because you know, there's, there's, there's animosity in both ways in this mm. race thing. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't mean that bad towards a black person or a white person. I've just seen it. And, and, and I, I didn't look for that, so I don't know for sure. But as we left, and I just said, Bishop, you better come on before I preach, something like that. And he's like, go ahead, like that, you know. And I was like, <laughs> I can't do it. I got to go back to it. You know? And, yeah. and um, he came up and hugged me and kissed me on the cheek and, um, and did something like with his handkerchief, like, I don't know, just, like, just to, to bless me or something, you know, wave offering over me. And that's in the Bible, too, for people to get hung up over stuff like that. Yeah. And I um, remember walking off that platform, and I stopped, and my, friend, my co-worker and my friend stood up, and we both walked the rest of the way down the aisle up towards the balcony to go back and sit back down. And people were getting up out of their seats and stopping us and hugging us Wow. and holding me. Some of the ladies there just held me and said, baby, I... I've been in this church. One of them said, she's a very old lady. I've been in this church for, I don't know how many years she said. I don't want to try to recall, but it was a long time. And I've never, she said, there was a time when they wouldn't let a white person in this building. Mm. She said, because they wouldn't let us in theirs. Mm. And she said, and that ain't right. She said, and I can tell you this, I ain't never heard no white man talk like that. No white preacher talk like that in this church. And I said, ma'am, I'm not a preacher. She said, baby, don't you deny what God has called you to do and put on you. And I just remember then, I just cried, too, because she, she reminded me of the call of God on my life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, not that I can't be Jesus when I'm cutting grass and the neighbor walks up. And that's real ministry, too, bro. Right. You ain't got to have 1,500 people to shout you down to have ministry. In fact, it's probably less ministry there than it is talking to somebody one-on-one at the mall mm-hmm. before the security guard kicks you out. <laughs> so, Sir. Uh, and that security guard's probably white because uh, uh, they're white. No, I'm Paul Blart. We've seen Paul world. Blart. No. Paul Blart's a documentary. Yeah. So the white, heavyset uh, security guard yeah. with a mustache. We get back to our seats, and, and, and he looks at me and said, what just happened? No, I said to him, what just happened? He said, I don't know, but it was awesome. Like that, you know, yeah. and we both... We, we remember that we tell that story like every time we see each other or talk to each other we'll bring it up that's so funny um, that we walk in just looking for a place to go to church and I end up <laughs> we both end up down front and I'm on the platform with the pastor <gasps> the bishop being asked to speak to the entire church yeah. and I'm not ex- I, we weren't like two of 20 white people not two of 10 or 5 we were the and I, 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 I proved that again by looking at the audience from the front of the building on the stage there were no other white people there and that's not wrong. 
uh, if they have a church that's all black, yeah. it's not, you're not wrong if you have an all white church unless you seclude or exclude people from coming in of color and tell them they, they're not welcome. Then you're violating almost everything that the Bible is about. Yeah. But that wasn't the case there. I didn't see anybody else white pulling up trying to get in. But we did. And wow. we, it was Damn. one of the greatest days of my life. And um, since that, I've had two different people, two more people tell me privately that they, that they believe that God had called me to minister part of my life before it's done. If I will obey the will of God, I'll be in settings where I speak and minister and share ministry with people of color as much or more than I do people of, of, of my own race, which yeah. is white. And I have spoken at a couple of other black churches, but they were really small, like storefronts. But God was just as real there. And I didn't try to get those opportunities. They, they came to me without me looking for them. But um, I love what I felt that day. And it wasn't something they brought because they were black. You know what I felt that day was the freedom to be who I was in Christ with no limitations, barriers, or restrictions. And it made for, makes for a great story, and um, maybe, I know it does, but it's true. Every bit of it happened. Mm. Um, it, was just, it was just great. I, they they didn't even know who you were, and that's then they so invited much, you to talk. That's the, right. the, that's, the, the, the yeah. level of trust. <laughs> and I think— You could have been crazy. Well, yeah, and I told—I've I've said this, too, to my father. He was, I, I called him, like— that evening i called him and told him all about it he was like you know you know your grandfather he's like well mm. i'm not surprised uh, <laughs> it, it, my, mom was still you know going strong then my, my mother is you know he's passed and she using her good health and good body and mind and spirit and i had them put me on speaker which i would always do i'd check in with them when i was gone for very long professionally because i'm close to my family and just check on how they're doing and they would, she would love for me to call in. You know how Nana was. And yeah. just say, I'm doing good, Mom. Everything's great. You know, I'm not 12, but I'm doing great. You know, <laughs> And I'm glad she cared. But I remember talking to them that night, saying it. And she was like, I'm so proud of you, darling, like that. And my dad said, well, I'm not surprised. You know, that, that, that <laughs> she just told me surprises me. You and your mother, the only thing that would have been different is if your mother had been there, you wouldn't have got a word in. <laughs> that, you know? and, but I think yeah. I told Dad that night on the phone, I think a lot of it, happened because of the respect that that leadership carried for anybody connected or related to someone and in a similar position mm. there was a lot of honor that came from that bishop towards my dad who he never got to see or meet when he found out that that was part of my lineage and my spiritual heritage it immediately put me somewhere in his eyes yeah that was not just some guy walking off the streets and and I think he bore witness. I was just so hungry that day. I remember we should always be that hungry. But I remember I was just so at home in that church. And it was such a wonderful thing. And he, I don't think, I'm sure he just picked up on that too, that I wasn't playing, that it was just, and he said, he said what has the Lord done for you? I said, he has, he, I said, I had a washing in the balcony I said, I hadn't cried like that in a long time. And I've never seen my, my brother down there. I've never seen him cry like that. And I said, the Lord, I said, the Lord is so good. And he would, he would sit there all together, you know, then he'd do like, hey, 
hey, you know, that, not that. He said, yes, he is. Yes, he is. He brought me somewhere. To, and he brought you today. He said, you got to tell somebody like that. And I was like, amen. I was thinking like, well, good to see you. God bless you. And he just held on to my hand. I do remember that. I was like, God wow. bless you, Bishop. He, just, he held on to my hand like, I need you to tell that. That's when he said that. I told you. I need you to tell that to everybody. So between the white glove on the arm and the bishop's hand on my hand, like, oh, I, I got felt that. like, yeah, I got to do something. I'm right. Locked in. Yeah, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm here until I do what they ask. That's <laughs> so awesome. That is such a crazy story. And now it's and now it'll live on forever. Yeah. <laughs> and when I think about it from where we are, I wish I could. I did call a friend of mine because the because. The only thing that ever happened in my life remotely close to that wasn't like that, but it was the same spirit. And it was a guy in, um, that I can say his name proudly, named Steve Watson. He's here in the upstate of South Carolina. He pastors New Jerusalem Baptist Church in Greer. And he grew up at Greer. He was a decorated athlete at Greer High School, went on to collegiate and international recognition as a um, wrestler, um, Olympic wrestler, the Greco-Roman. Not the w, not the raw, which I know we have an affinity <laughs> There's for. There's not Oly- Olympic professional wrestling. What? I, I apologize. <laughs> and um, and so he um, he was doing a work in the community called Sunnyside in the late '80s, early '90s, and he and I got together, and it's a, a cool story. And um, at that time, I was running a teen club at, out of the church my dad pastored. We had brought in some West Coast hip-hop acts to do a war on drugs campaign in the public schools and he heard about it we partnered with one of those said rallies at the greer armory which used to be more downtown greer mm-hmm. and next thing i know he and i are going together in sunnyside walking the streets telling inviting people to his church which was a former crack house then that they had bought and our church men were helping them remodel it wow. and, and turned it into their first facility. Now they have a beautiful brick and mortar real, that was a house that really was a crack house. Now they have a beautiful large church and I'll be going to worship with him soon. Um, he and I, really it's funny, I had no idea I was gonna be doing this. When we, we, we've renewed our, we've always stayed in touch, but we um, had a mutual friend pass away recently um, Coach Travis Perry of Greer High School, one of the godliest men I ever met in the coaching profession. And Pastor Steve Watson and I um, reconnected about that. And uh, we began to talk again. And he's, we said, do you remember the time God put us together when everybody's newspaper articles were written by the Greer Citizen and the Greenville News about how odd it was this very white man and very black man were together they called us literally it sounds so corny but they literally in, in the article called us chocolate vanilla and they called us oreo um and that was that literal verbiage in the write-up and these were professional seasoned writers they just didn't know what to say about us yeah and when i would go down there in the sunny side um to meet him before he was with me more than once i was i had a police cars pull up on me not knowing who i was yet because a white guy only went into Sunnyside to sell drugs or buy drugs. And two different occasions, I had my face pressed on the hood of a police car and my arm bent behind my back before either one of the kids that I was coming to pick up for church would say, hey, 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 that's my pastor. And and the guy would know the kid and say, you you promised Jeremy? And he'd say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the other time it was Steve. Steve would say, hey, hey, 
he's with me, man. We're doing some work down here in the projects. And, and they would let me get up. Wow. Because they didn't know who I was. And they wouldn't let me reach. I'm one time I was so naive. I tried to reach my pocket to get a Ooh. business card. And back then it wasn't as bad as now. Now I'd probably be dead for that, you know, or at least hurt very badly. And they'd just be doing their job. Yeah. And I'm not knocking that. But that's, yeah. that was one of the early seeds of that. And Steve and I have talked recently about getting together and just praying and seeing what God would have us do now. Not, not so we could get a claim or fame. If nothing else, just for, I think something would happen in the spirit if, if we got together and just prayed. I don't care if you're purple and green and orange. You just pray. Yeah. And and pray for where we are as a nation. But it's it's um for a white kid that grew up in a white family in Alabama. In a Pentecostal church setting, I've never known any anything towards my family that are black or brown because it was never modeled for me and it was never um, endorsed as acceptable behavior. My parents made a distinct effort to make sure otherwise. And then I got to live it out with them and then on my own and hopefully I think pass that down to my kids and meet people like Steve Watson, like Bishop in Atlanta um, and many others who are just tremendous and most impactful men in my life in the ministry i'd say about half of them are white and half of them are black and and why am i even saying that they're men of god so it don't matter yeah i think we kid ourselves if we say there's not cultural differences in some parts of our country between races but there's cultural differences between just white people mm. i'm white yeah. and i can go to some parts of this country and i have <laughs> And do certain things that I would do in one state, another state, among They're the like, same whoa, race. Whoa, whoa, I mean, what whoa, are you doing? Whoa, whoa. Yeah. yeah, you could probably like fold the country up four different ways and be completely different. Yeah. yeah. In every area. Yep. Yep. Tim, Uncle Tim, thanks for coming on. Yeah, this is a great episode. Yeah, thank you, great. man. Yeah. Uh, 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 well, you know, I don't mean to be corny about y'all, but look at the two of you. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's been a. Have y'all uh, ever thought about how and all this mess going on? That God forged a friendship and a somewhat of a mentorship. Yeah. And then a partnership. It's mm -hmm. it's uh it's amazing. I think when people ask us how <laughs> how did we meet, well, I'm like it's 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 so weird. I met him when he was 12, and I was 18, and I moved here for college, and yeah, you know, we the just same church. have kept up so and long. would yeah. go to cookout and would go to movies and hang out and yeah. got into comedy and yeah, up until I mean, even a couple months ago when I think our producer Andrew. He, uh, his mom had mentioned it to him. He was like, hey, there's a studio for sale in Traveler's Rest. Y'all should look into having your own space. And then I talked to Andrew and I was like, yeah, maybe we do need our own space. And yeah. uh, it would be nice. And then, um, yeah, uh, Andrew Andrew Simmons, he goes to this church and he asked his pastor, he's like, hey, do you think we'd be able to have a space? And they're like, yeah, you can use this upstairs space. Oh, so. so now we're not to in go a basement. From, no, we're not in a basement. No. And <laughs> we have a plan. I, I haven't talked about it on the show, but we're going to like build it out to do like music in here as well so record some projects we have wow. an idea to do like a, some compilation projects where we just bring a bunch of artists in and we just kind of transition this room to to tracking vocals and instruments and and, and getting it done so it's been a huge blessing so to think yeah. from when we all started a few months you know a few years two years ago with a couple microphones in pd's basement 
to now, you know, with stuff getting yeah, millions of like views. 40 minutes every time to get it to even work. So many reach. Yeah, yeah. yeah. To now to, you know, having these really expensive mics and videos and all this stuff. And essentially yeah. having a set. It's been, it's, God's been very good. And, and I don't think, you know, I think the probably the, the best part of, you know, working with PD and, and all the other guys that we team up with is there's just... There was no ambition for any of this. Nobody. This wasn't on the two-year plan. Right. It was like, hey, let's 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 get together. Let's create. Let's have fun. Let's love each other before and afterwards. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Wow. And let's 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 have fun with it. And so yeah, to be here now, it's it's a. Uh, I mean, you you probably foresaw it and you said it. We didn't we didn't know. So to be yeah. here, it's it's a. Uh, yeah. It's like living a miracle. And, and I know you used to close with the praise report. Well, we still do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, you give us a praise report. Well, mine is the two of you, and I mean it. And this is something that I ask uh, God, if there be any way that I could say something, there's two things. And sometimes you never know what you do um, uh, for someone else until you get to talk to them on down a road and see what your comments and what you did. So never, ever belittle what God uses you to do and both of them both of you now as I look at you mm. there was a Sunday morning we had been the Bachman family are big Alabama Crimson Tide football fans it's pretty well documented by anybody that knows us <laughs> yes. even the, you know, yeah. and there's yeah. some that aren't but most I'd say 80 90% of the family 95 are and we yeah. will gather and watch games at a family member's house usually it could be yours or Papa's house, my my dad's, your grandfather, or um, Bethany's house, or whatever. All right, mm-hmm. and you don't may not remember this, but at that time we went to church together regularly, and it was on a Saturday we'd watch the game. And either Alabama lost, which was at that time like unheard of, yeah. you know, or something else happened, and I showed my 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 tail, so to speak, or I said something that made it be like Alabama football took way too high of a place in my life. And I came to you. I'd been on the stage in the worship team that Sunday at the church we attended. And I came down. You were sitting about middle of the middle. And that day, you were with your fam. I mean, you guys were together. Your mom, your dad, Mm. your sister. Y'all didn't always sit together. This little, you know, um, sneaky kid named Thomas would always try to, like, pull you (laughs) off. And so, but it was just y'all were together. And maybe Thomas was sitting in the same row. I don't know. I, I love Thomas. If he's listening, he knows I do. And I came to you and I said, got a half a second? You said, yeah. And I said, what I did or said yesterday about Alabama football was wrong. I said, I don't want you to ever think that that matters more to me than, than my relationship with Jesus. Do you remember me ever doing that? Yeah, I do. And you looked at me. And this is what I praise the Lord for about you. And then I got one for you. You said, you look me dead in the eye. And you always do that. Sometimes for me, that can be a little uncomfortable. Even I'm, out <laughs> I'm going, just so God. used to doing podcasts now, I feel like. Yeah. Well, <laughs> stare at people. Yeah. You looked at me. Well, please don't do that anymore. <laughs> you looked at me and you said, Uncle Tim, I know you. And I would never think that Alabama football would mean more to you than your relationship with Jesus. It's too late for you for me to ever believe that. Yeah. And I was like, wow. Whoa. And and I remember walking away 
thinking i said thank you i love you you said i love you too uncle tim and we did the the, the family hug thing because i love this guy and he's he, you know, i knew you were just caught up in the moment about lsu beating alabama or whatever happened yeah. that day. <laughs> um so it was wrong um and so but that moment um you you really just ministered to me man so that's a praise report i mean that and and that 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 was something that i've thought about back about. i never want to get back in that position where i have to even say that mm. and i don't think i have since then except for that one game no i know i haven't <laughs> it, it has changed yeah. for me some you, i'm still crazy about him but not quite like um i mean i don't like alabama football but so thank you for that i praise god for your ministering to me the words you gave to me were healing words for me that i needed right then for you I was fortunate enough to work an event recently that you were hired to be talent on. You were, I believe the term they gave him was celebrity judge. Oh, celebrity judge, oh, yeah. Me yeah. and Lauren For walked the, up on this that, is right? The, the Greenville Christmas Parade. Yeah, down, yeah, yeah. You did, y'all, biked, y'all biked over, yeah. yeah. And I was just a guy that got some um, food services, you know, some catering early on in a tent and was just ran a camera yeah just a lowly camera operator <laughs> camera operators. hey that tent was that that little that little vip area where we're at that was the joint that was the place to man, be no doubt man the yeah, catering the food there cho- was, it was cold and they had hot chocolate and fruit and cheeses and crackers hey of all the events i've ever worked this is real fast what would you say guess i've worked a lot of events entertainment and sports if i told you the two event the three is about a three-way tie for the three things that had the best catering of anything i ever worked in my life one would be something dear to your heart yeah wrestling wwe vince oh mcmahon catering they have like it's, uh, yeah, legendary they have, they stories oh my gosh they have a chef inside and yeah. a separate like chef sous chef type <laughs> tent outside prepping the food pre the pre-prep and cooking and all that early stuff bring it in the other guy finishes it it's like he dresses it up and finishes it up does the emerald bam bam you know the yeah. emerald gossy old guy chef guy does stuff and the amount of stuff around the room is just unbelievable i just still can't ever remember anything like it then there was the golf channel i believe that yes and for wrestling rick flair when he left wwe to go to tna for a little bit he said that tna gave them like a pizza each and that WWE had enough food to feed China. That's that's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Because the third one a pizza each. The one that came in yeah. third was a, 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 a thing that I only worked twice in my life. The show is a music tour, and I would get like you do now. You get a call. Hey, you want to work in the? You want to? They need a so and so, and we know yeah. that they know that you know production, and you're right. not going to embarrass them. You're not going like, to act like a, a, a fanboy or break a camera. Mm-hmm. So I will get. I used to get those calls a lot. And because of my position at the the arena here and i got the call for the justin bieber show that came to greenville and it was uh, the last two shows of his american leg of that tour and i worked the greenville one the guy liked my work and they took me with them to atlanta for the atlanta show at phillips arena and that was the, the one where akon walked out in his white adidas suit yeah he sponsored head of toe by adidas because everybody was on bieber's record back then akon came out uh ludicrous luda came out um the 69 boys came out um the guy who opened for it was sean kingston who i sat with at catering and, and he was such a nice guy just so unassuming and just he was vivacious and very talented yeah. He might have been the most talented person on the stage all Crazy. night. And then um, who was the girl that came out that did stuff with him? 
Oh, my goodness. Uh, did um, a big pop star as well. All those people were in Atlanta. None of them were in Greenville except Sean, who was on the tour. And their spread, uh, I'm sorry. Hey. The after- Justin Bieber spread was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's 15-year-old pop pop yeah. star tour money. can't imagine. Oh, I- Honestly, that's like when we do shoots now, um, I- I'm like, hey, that's, that's, that is... Regardless of however the shoot goes, yeah, people need to know that they can eat well. Yes, that's that's all that matters. It could yeah. be hot as day. It could be a fourteen-hour day or whatever. But if I was like, hey, they as had, they had I can snack on peanut M and M's all day. Plenty of yeah. breakfast, plenty of lunch, and then plenty of dinner. Yeah, that's it. Well, I'm not sure if it's in the, any of the shots that's going to be accessible to the video. Side oh, you want? <laughs> but I'm going to tell I can you, pan a camera that, over. That catering here. Oh, I've been waiting for this. As soon as this hey. thing's over. I'm opening the mini fridge and I'm <laughs> stuffing my shirt full of these small snacks. Uh, oh, I'm doing it. It's right over here, and it's a beautiful thing. Um, so you and I were working the same event. Well, I was working it. You were the celebrity judge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You and like some guy looked like he was from Italy, and some lady that was a lady was a yeah she was, was a radio a, presenter. Yeah, she was a radio person, attractive, professional-looking woman, and. And Shamas was like, just bring it I was out. His, out. He had his wardrobe. It was strong that <laughs> night. It's always strong, but his war, his wardrobe game was like upper echelon. I, I, I actually agonized over it. I was like, Grace, what about this? What about this? I was hitting the catwalk in the living room where you know where you're like, wait a, wait a second, wait a second. Where well, you were on the red carpet in the tent with the mayor. <laughs> you and the mayor. I was, yeah, me and the mayor. And um, eating no d'oeuvres. That night, I'm just going to be real with you. I remember being on there thinking, um, I was so glad to see you because you. You arrived professionally and almost like a, in kind of a cool way. Not late, but you didn't get so the other, one of those judges got there like an hour early. Yeah. That's when you know they've never done anything like yeah, that yeah, yeah. before. You, you, yeah. you can't be too eager. No. You gotta, you gotta and, pretend and you that you've been there, there before. You in there like making sure your people oh, to talk to that? their what people. Yeah, you like, worked it out. Is it yeah, you? Um, my chair is my iPad. It was okay. almost if Shama was like, "Is this parade gonna start? What's happening? I don't have all night. You know, oh, I'm, I'm only here for one thing to judge yeah. these floats, and I ain't got all night. Very to do stressful. It's it very. Somebody bring me a green pen with yeah, red right ink. now I mm-hmm. right red now. and green it's and christmas yellow m&ms oh, he right was now just, he was a man and yeah. i remember looking down thinking man father because i remember conversations with you we'd pray together yeah man and, and uh, where god has brought you and, and his faithfulness to both of you and i remember thinking i'm so happy he that, that guy sitting right there and then clears a bell you know how satan loved to try to destroy anything in your heart and mind that's that's good mm. His, his, it's his job, so you can't fault him. Um, it's all he's got left. And so he says in my head, yeah, that used to be you. You you would be, um, at least, he said, at least that would be you. And I looked down and saw somebody with, like, doing a stand-up. Um, your dad, Scott, who's my brother, who's um, very incredibly gifted in media and video production, who runs everything for our city. And that department was doing a, a stand-up with a female like better lack of a better term sideline reporter yeah, she was the reporter roaming reporter of the parade yeah and the enemy his voice said yeah that used to be you and now you're running a, a, a camera up here that honestly they just need a stiff they just need a warm body behind the camera you're not going to make any you won't do any moves no zooms no focus rolls no no pans and which is not true i did do a few i did a little, I, but although I was, I was told not to get too artistic that it just to keep it simple mm. stupid you know that yeah. kind of thing and i was like you know 
from I, I began to have like a bit of a pity party right there. I'm not proud of that. You may not remember this, but you said something to me. We just were conversing. I think I went and got something to drink, and or you did, and we asked the other, "Do you want something?" I don't know what happened. Maybe that didn't isn't how it happened, but somehow you got to me conversationally, and you looked at me and said, "You know." it's still inside of you don't you you know that your days of doing creative things aren't over and you said something like you're one of the most creative and you're so handsome and no, no, you, say that. you said you're, you're such an amazing yeah, personality i mean no, you said I, something about the gifts that are in you you're still there and 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 i you made me feel again it's i'm not proud that i needed to hear that but I needed that that night, and you were right on time. So my praise report would be for what the two of you said years apart. I'm talking two or three years apart at different settings that encouraged this man of God. Because no matter how much I love the Lord, I get discouraged. Mm -hmm. I'd love to say otherwise, but it's not true. I do, and I have to be sure I focus back on what matters most. But both of you spoke words of life and of hope over me. And I thank God for that, man. That's I think awesome. more, more than anything, uh, PD and I talk a lot, lot, a lot of times, like even hearing the Powerhouse episode, which people love, the two, the two-parter. Yeah. But I'm like, man, y you all were, were, you know, have been doing creativity back when the barrier of entry was, <sighs> yeah. I mean, massive, and you had to mail and phone. Call. And I'm like, now PD and I really organize this show and projects without seeing each other for months on end you know it's just yeah. texts and calls and hey review this watch this hey what's your shirt size we're gonna do this hey you know what i mean yep. and, and and so i think about it now i'm like you know y'all ran so we could essentially just kind of just coast yeah and, and uh man i whenever all this stuff clears you know this covid stuff we we, we want to do something pd we we're telling mr scott we we're telling your brother like hey we got to bring we got to bring the Bachmans together for like maybe we'll get like a coffee shop, uh, you know, mm -hmm. rent a coffee shop and just do like a uh, like a reunion interview and let yeah, you guys yeah. play some music yeah. and do Bachman something. Bachman Brothers man. Band. The reunion. <laughs> Why I'm not? Looking, hey, yeah. hey, let's do it. Let's do it. We'll My get everybody back. Is, <laughs> Pay you guys in pizza. That's what Scott said. That was your uh, that was the no, rate. Not, not China. The Bachman not rate. enough food to feed China. <laughs> 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 we'll give you the pizza each. <laughs> yeah. My praise report is I'm going to take a nap after this. Yeah. Uh, what is my praise report? Is that, that's kind of bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, my praise report is that we had Uncle Tim on. Yeah, I feel like uh, it's PD was like, yeah, he's hard. You're, he's hard to get a hold of. <laughs> <laughs> Busy guy. But uh, but we got you, and uh, it's been a great episode, and Thank I know you. people are going to love it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's my privilege to be with you guys. And pray God continues to bless everything you Amen. put your hand to, man. Because you have it. such gifts Amen. inside of you. We'll pray for the air conditioning. Yeah, yeah. The gifts too, but that's <laughs> yeah, the air conditioning. But also the AC. <laughs> I don't know. I'll take AC over the gifts <laughs> at this point. <laughs> the gifts got us the AC. <laughs> no, Tim. Thanks so much. Uh, hey, let me do the. Uh, hold on a second. I got to do the. What is it? How we normally end this? This has been Church Stories, and you've been awesome. And this has been Uncle Tim. And that's been camera number one, and that's been yeah. camera number two, and this has been the microphones, this has been the set. Alright. Alright, see ya. <laughs>